Welcome back to the Shoot It Straight podcast, my friends. Today, I have such a fun and exciting interview to share with you. My friend Jada Dobesh is here, and she is the owner of a holistic wellness co-op in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She is in spiritual healing and in the feminine energy coaching space, and well, she is just such a gem to talk to. She actually came to my roundtable membership to do a teaching earlier this year, and It was so incredible and so well-received. I immediately knew that I had to have her on the podcast. Friends, our chat today is such a good one. And let me just tell you that we jump straight into some pretty serious meaty topics. We are talking about self-worth, feminine energy, trust, safety, and so much more. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. Let's get started. Welcome to the Shoot It Straight podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Gebhardt. Here, I will share an honest take on what it's like to be a female creative entrepreneur while balancing business, motherhood, and life. Myself, along with my guests, will get vulnerable through honest conversations and relatable stories because we're willing to go there. If you're trying to find balance in this exciting place you're in, yet willing to talk about the hard stuff too, The Shoot It Straight podcast is here to share practical and tangible takeaways to help you shoot it straight. Welcome back to the Shoot It Straight podcast, my friend. Um, It's so good to see you. So we're going to dive right in. I want to explain to the audience today, earlier this year, I had the privilege of welcoming you into my membership group, The Roundtable, to come teach um, to those women. And they all went bananas. They all went bananas for your teaching. And I knew immediately that I had to have you on the podcast. I'm excited to chat. But before we dive straight in, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Oh, great. My favorite thing to do. Um, Well, I'm Jada Dobesh. I own and operate and manage and facilitate um, Sailor Space, a holistic wellness cooperative in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, Within that, I am a spiritual healing facilitator, um, and I am high-key obsessed with feminine energy and the feminine body healing mother wounds and all of those kinds of things just really being able to help women embody who they were built to be and um, learning how to tap into that feminine side of them that was really just not encouraged in most of our cultures so that's kind of me Yeah. It's such a cool topic. And it's something that I'm really in tune with because I have been doing a lot of this holistic journey myself for the past few years. And so I am just so fascinated by it. And I'm so glad that we got connected. And then again, like I said, having you teach in my membership was just so mind blowing and so fun. So before we get too far into today's discussion, why don't you just kind of briefly touch on what feminine energy is and how that can relate to the female entrepreneur running her own business. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to explain masculine and feminine energy like a big backyard. We had this incredible backyard in our first house. We were the center lot in this crappy little neighborhood, but we had a six foot privacy fence around the whole thing. And it was huge and gorgeous. I want you to imagine a big backyard totally protected, totally safe. It's 
got great grass, it's got a garden, it's got all of these aesthetically pleasing things. It's the vibe, it's the twinkle lights, it's the great patio furniture, it's all of the things, right? Everything going on in that backyard, that the fun that the kids are having, the stuff that's blooming in the garden, um, the cup of coffee you're enjoying on the deck, like all of that is the feminine energy. The masculine energy is the six foot privacy fence and it's the lawnmower running. It's the work, it's the effort, it's the push. But the feminine energy is the relationships. It's the space created. It's what's created in the space. It's those kinds of things. And I think we were raised to believe that what was important was getting the lawn mowed. What was important was pulling the weeds, not sitting down to enjoy the backyard, not the fire on an October day, not any of those kinds of things happening in the backyard. But what's important was um, tending to this backyard and making it happen. And that's why I think so many women coming into business can't celebrate themselves, um, celebrate victories. Um, they're worried about um, not understanding numbers. They're worried about like, oh, I don't have a business degree. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I'm probably, I'm just making this up as I go. It's like, well, yeah, you're making it up as you go, but you're doing it and you're doing it already. You're in your feminine already when you're focused on relationships and client experience and those sorts of things. Yes, the lawn has to get mowed. We need that masculine side of things, right? But we also need to enjoy the space. We need to focus on how it feels to be there. Those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. I love that when you pull back with that visual, the all the connections and all of the creativity, all of the celebrations, the joy, all of that is the feminine side. And like you said, yes, the masculine energy, like we, we do have to do things right. We do have to like wash our clothes and mm -hmm. send in voices and do things that get us through. Mm -hmm. But, um, when you really look at why a, a woman goes into business, no matter what kind of business she starts, it's the creative spark that starts it. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's that feminine energy, that mm -hmm. creation. But then we get sucked into the masculine stuff yeah. of like the to-do list and, and all of these regimented things. Why do you think that is? Why do you think we, we come up with this idea in this creative feminine energy? And then we just almost immediately get sucked into what we think we have to do. Because we think we have to do it. We think that creativity is a luxury. We think that relationship building is something that will just happen in the background. It's not mm. the effort. It's not the push. It's not the things that we were praised for in school. With all of that, there's that idea that like, this is a value, this, this effort Thing, the empty invoice or the empty inbox, the money coming in, the, I don't know, the software working properly, the dishes done, the, the really clear, I did it, it's done, I have succeeded at my efforts, those kinds of things, we get that quick dopamine hit, it makes us feel really valid, like we're doing business, we're really in it. 
if work is just fun and creative and relational and inspiring and yeah, you get paid, but it's like happening, we go, what's, what's going to happen here? This can't be right. I vividly remember I was a youth pastor before I did what I did. And I had to leave the church because of really unhealthy work environment kinds of things. And I called my dad and I told him, you know, I'm not going to be a youth pastor anymore. I'm going to quit. I'm going to go work part-time at a financial office as an assistant for a while until I finish up some things. And then I'm going to go pursue my dreams. And he was like, why would you leave the career you set out to do? And I said, because I don't love it. I don't love it. It's an unhealthy environment. It doesn't feel good to be there. I'm really unhappy and I don't love it. And he said, well, nobody loves their job. Mm. And there's a bit, there's a little bit of like, we know that's wrong, but that's also how we were raised. Yeah. And so the, the masculine is validating to us that those masculine tasks prove to ourselves that we are doing it. Wow. That's so powerful. The nobody loves their job. Oh my gosh. That breaks my heart, you know, Um, so heartbreaking. And that is such an old school masculine thought, right? Like you go to college, you get a job. What's the best, most sturdy job you can get. And then you do it for your whole life, whole life, same company for your whole life. Yep. Wow. That's, that's wild to think about. And and I love what you said a moment ago when you said creativity is a luxury. And how then you spoke about how we can be in this creative business, like having connections with our clients, feeling inspired, having all of this, that, that feeling of when you're in flow and it's just like magic and it's like coming out and people are hiring you and everything is just feels so good. But then you do have these moments of this feels too easy. Yep. Like I I must be doing something wrong Mm -hmm. or forgetting something Mm -hmm. or, you know, and you can almost feel like a fraud and it's wild because personally I've been working with a coach this past year on undoing that thought of that. It can be easy. My business can be easy. And so every step this year we've worked through, she literally calls me out and she's like, how could this be easier? How could this be simpler? How could you enjoy this more? And it's wild how the smallest things I like jump into complicated, a million other steps, doing it quote unquote the right way. And then she's like, nope, nope, nope. We're reining that in. We're pulling that back. Why it's, it's wild that we, as women try and overcomplicate things so much. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because it's like a drug, stress is a drug, right? Right. It totally is. And when we start to reduce stress and make things fun and enjoyable, we feel guilt and shame immediately. Yeah. Because we have to keep this stressful in some way. Right. So I'm going to make, I'm, I'm going to feel uncomfortable about ease. Ease is not a drug. Peace is not a drug. If I, everybody that comes through my office, I ask them what kind of miracle they want. Without a doubt, they will tell me that they want to feel more at peace. No, they don't. Stress is addictive. Yeah. Peace is fleeting and it, it disappears again. It's, it's crazy to me that we have such a hard time pushing against this. So 
I would love to know when you are coaching women in a similar situation to myself, right? A creative entrepreneur, she's a mom, she's balancing all of the things she has, or at one point had this beautiful creative vision to do something that she's passionate about, that she's always wanted to do, but she's finding herself getting stuck in the drudgery, in the masculine and not letting things be easy or not allowing herself to choose Mm -hmm. the easier path. Like how do you coach somebody through undoing that? Yeah. So I love to ask like, what is serving you here? Because there is something that feels really good about that task finishing, that stressing out, that making it as hard as possible um, raising the expectations, right? We don't celebrate that we met this number. We're going to, now we want this number, right? What feels good about that? What are you craving in that? Because it is serving you in some way. It might not be the most aligned desire that you have, but it is, it's feeding your ego. It's, um, helping you feel safe and secure. Um, it's proving something to somebody, You're on a mission to prove that person who said you'd never be able to do it right, right? Like you want to, you want that feeling. Yeah. And when you realize that that's the, that's what you're after. Now we can shift how you get that because it doesn't have to be working as hard as possible. Yeah. I feel like, so what's coming up for me when you say that, and so I'm going to carry this a little bit further because it's coming up for a reason. So somebody needs to hear it. But when you said that, what are, what, how is it serving you? In my mind, the immediately thought I went to is leaning into those masculine tasks and that, that energy of like all the things I have to do, all the things I need to do, even if they're more complicated or harder, Mm -hmm. it's, gives you this false sense of control because you had a list and you did the things. Whereas so much of motherhood and entrepreneurship feels out of control and also ease can feel out of control. You know what I mean? Because you're not tight gripping your reins. Um, And so for the woman who is like, oh my God, that's it. Like I need to check the things off to feel like I have some control of my life. What do you say to her? This is where we would move into rediscovering what safety feels like in the body because you want control so you can feel safe you want control of your life because you don't trust other people to protect you right this is where your backyard doesn't have a fence or you have you know caught people climbing over the fence or you have you know whatever it is you don't feel safe to feel ease right? Yeah. We assume that if you feel ease, you feel safe. And that's not the case. Usually we don't. And so many, I I'm so curious to know how many of your, um, like percentage of the people that you care for are firstborn daughters. Mm, Yeah. That's a really good question. Those firstborn daughters. Oh man. It is so painful to discover yourself as a firstborn daughter in entrepreneurship in in um coming into this place of really cultivating the life that you want and the life that you need it is so painful because you've spent your whole life devaluing your needs and wants devaluing your comfort and so to come into a place of ease 
feels so foreign, so unsafe. Um, I was just talking to a client this morning who, who is a firstborn and, and is so, she thought she was so self-aware for so long, so self-aware. What she really was, was a manager of the room. She wasn't actually managing her feelings, her needs, her wants. She was managing the space, whoever walked into it. She could meet their needs, their wants. She could make them like her. Um, she could make them happy and think that she was great and she was doing such a great job. She could control all of that. And then mm -hmm. she would wonder what was wrong with her when she was alone. Mm -hmm. What we found was she didn't want, because, you know, I... I'm constantly asking, what do you need right now? What do you want? Those kinds of things. She says, I want just 10 minutes to myself at the end of the day. Mm. And immediately she said, nope, that's not what I, I don't want to be alone. I'm afraid of being alone. The little girl inside of me, we talk about her a lot. The little girl inside of me is afraid to be alone. I want to be seen. Mm. I want it to be all about me for 10 minutes when my husband gets home from work. So we we have to reestablish what safety in the body feels like because more than likely you feel the most comfortable under stress, under pressure. And that feels good, right? It makes you feel like you're in control. So what does safety feel like when somebody's taking care of you? Or what does safety feel like when you can trust that you've done everything already, when you can trust yourself everything's done for the day, right? This is why we can't put our phones down. Every email that comes in, right? We don't trust yourself to deal with it tomorrow, to manage our time well tomorrow, to be good enough at what we do for people to wait 24 hours for us. Mm -hmm. We don't trust ourselves in that. That's such a good point. I, when you said that we don't trust that we've done everything for today, that it can wait until tomorrow. That's a big thing that I've been working on is not necessarily the today, tomorrow, but I like to get really complicated with like the what if scenarios and being really prepared for all of the what if scenarios and working on, let's just see if those ever pan out and trust that you will be able to handle them if and when they do, mm -hmm. instead of creating all of this busy work now for stuff that may not even happen, yeah, right? Think about that for a second too. The logic of let me plan for every contingency because I don't trust myself to be able to handle it later. If you right. trust yourself to handle it in a hypothetical, right? you can handle it in real life. Totally. Yeah. Our minds are wild. I mean, they're just absolutely wild. Okay. So I love what we've chatted about so far, but we did get a little off topic from where I wanted to go, but I do want to go there a little bit. Yeah. So, okay. One thing that we've talked about before and I've learned about before, but I want the audience to hear as well is something that's really huge in the feminine energy space is this fact that women have a monthly cycle. And we all know that like textbook terms, but we have monthly energy. Like our cycle is monthly, yeah. whereas men have a 24 hour cycle. Yeah. And obviously 24 hours is very different than a monthly cycle. So will you explain that briefly? And then I want to talk about how we can use this knowledge to help us work smarter and better with our bodies and with our energy as women. So we have... I want to be very clear that men are supposed to be consistent, okay? We want them to be this unshakable force, 
right? We want sturdy fence posts, right? And that's why they have a 24-hour cycle. That does not mean that they are level-headed, clear, hormonally balanced all day, every day, right? The It looks about the same. Um, if you track like their hormone levels, it looks about the same as a woman's, but ours is spread out over 28 days and his is in 24 hours. So he's incredibly consistent so that we can be the chaos. You are supposed to be the chaos, okay? And I don't mean that like you have no rhyme or reason and nothing about you makes sense and that's just to balance out his same everydayness, right? But we are so beautifully efficient in a different way. We can do it all because we have 28 days to do it. So with this in mind, you're now looking not at a line of a calendar, right? Here's my to-do list today by the hour. You're now looking at a circle, a 28-day pattern that starts over every 28 days. So anything you don't get done will get done. Right. Right? So, and I don't know if, if you're uh spouse is this way but if my husband doesn't get something on his list done it's not getting done all week like if if it doesn't happen when he thought it would it's not happening for a while yeah for a long while and most women I know that it's not that way right we'll beat ourselves up for not getting it done but we'll be damn sure we get it done tomorrow and I don't know if that's more of an overcompensation or or really just a and innate understanding that there is enough time yeah and we do have that in our bodies this like there is enough time now that doesn't mean that we can do all kinds of things on any of those 28 days right so just because we're incredibly efficient doesn't mean that we can like we're superhuman and can do anything all the time so there are different priorities in each phase of our cycles. So the four phases are follicular, ovulation, and menstrual. They mirror the four seasons of the year. Um, So think about the weather. Follicular is spring. Everything is new and blossoming and the possibilities are endless. And oh, what joy, anything could happen, right? And you're Taylor Swift frolicking in the forest and everything is magic. This is not the time to sit down and do a bunch of like form building work on your computer. This is not when you edit photos endlessly forever. This is not right. right? Like this is not when you're sitting still. This is this is when I rearrange furniture and clean out closets and I run errands all day. Those kinds of things, because my mind is just going crazy with things that could be, and it's not focused on long-term, like long stretch tasks, right? So you want to tackle all of those quick things that you've been avoiding. I love to batch all of my like phone calls I have to make. They'll all probably take three minutes tops, but oh, I hate calling people on the phone, right? Same. (laughs) I can do that. I can do that when I'm follicular because I'm open to all of the possibilities. I'm in a positive mood. I can get all of those things done. Easy peasy. Boom, 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 boom. On to the next thing. How fun. Ovulation 
is so fleeting. It's summertime, right? You get three months of good weather, right? Ovulation is the time where you are so charismatic. You are so eloquent. You speak so clearly and articulately. You're magnetic energetically, right? So this is when you want to network. You will not catch me networking. You will not do it unless I'm ovulating. I (laughs) hate small talk. I hate schmoozing. I hate introducing myself. It's my least favorite thing. But I can tolerate it in ovulation because it's summer. It's just that one thing real quick. We'll take care of it, right? Um, This is also the only time I will batch content. I hate batching content. It is not my jam. But I'm a great writer during ovulation. I have something to say. I can say it well. Mm -hmm. A great time to do that. Luteal, I kind of split into two phases. It's so long. It's up to 14 days long. That's up Mm -hmm. to half the month. Right. This is fall. This is when things are beginning to turn inward. You still have some of that summer energy going though. So this is a great time to get lots of that longer writing stuff done, speech writing, course creation, um, finish up those tasks, write that sales page, just turn on Gilmore Girls and edit until the cows come home, that kind of thing. That's when you're, you don't really want to be as social anymore in the luteal phase. You're turning more inward and your energy is dwindling down. You do have that first half though. Some of that energy, um, just like nesting energy when you're pregnant. Um, Like, why do I have to wash all of the walls in my house right now at at 37 weeks pregnant? Because you got to finish everything right? Because Mm -hmm. the end is coming. That is part of that luteal phase too. So you'll be getting, you'll have that drive to finish things out that you often need that motivation for. And then during the menstrual phase, oh, please, for the love of God, just rest, just, just rest. Journal. Um, This is a great time for reflection too. So thinking about like, what did I love about this month? What did I hate about it? What needs to change? Um, how do I want it to look going forward? That time of like what worked, what didn't is really important. And if you can work from bed, do it. One of the, one of the tips you gave us when you taught in the round table was when you're menstrual, um, don't shoot sessions. No. And I, for some reason, even though when you came and taught, that's probably the 20th time I've been taught like the cycle and, and all the things, but that was the first time that I put two and two together. And I was like, OMG, I'm doing that. And I went for as far out as my little period app would let me. And I like marked them down and I made sure not to have sessions on that date. And that has been such a gift. Oh, good. Such a gift. Good. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because when you're for the photographers listening, you guys know when we're shooting sessions, it is like high energy. You got to remember people's names. You got to interact with toddlers. You got to schmooze with dad and, and all this. And it is not to mention it's very physical, the up, the down, the moving, the sweating, the, that is like literally the opposite of what you want to be doing. Um, when you're hurting and bleeding and not feeling well and just the, you know? Um, so that was such a great, that was such a great tip. I love it. Yeah. And you know, we joke about this, like men would not be able to do anything while bleeding, right? Like, We joke about that all the time, but there's some truth to that. And instead of taking it as kind of an insult to men, why don't we take it as a tip? Like 
nobody else would do this. Why are we collectively right. doing this? Exactly. Not. Exactly. And not the whole time, because I will say I'm my follicular energy starts a lot sooner than my bleeding stops. So when the bleeding lightens up, I feel pretty unstoppable. I'm the same way. There's a little bit of an overlap there. Yep. And Mm -hmm. so I don't really even think of that as part of my menstrual phase. The the real bleedy part that really I just need to lay down actually starts before my bleed during Mm -hmm. that really intense PMS time. And I know that about myself. So I shifted a little bit. So a few days before my bleed and the first few days of my bleed, those are the ones where like, I'm going to move as little as possible. Yeah. And I'm going to communicate with people one at a time. No high energy things. Yeah. I love that. So you, you gently touched on this a little bit already about the different cycles and what the energy feels like and different things we can be doing and, and maybe should be doing in those times that, that will feel easier to us. I know that the, when I first learned about this, I was very stuck in okay, but as a mom, as an entrepreneur, there's so much repetition in like my days and my weeks. And there's just stuff that doesn't stop. And while it would be great to like fully get in bed and not get out for four days when I'm like really grouchy and not feeling well, and also to only be out in the world and doing all the fun things when I'm really charismatic, there are things that just still have to happen day in, day out. And so other than shifting like the big things that aren't daily tasks, like, like you've already talked about, right? Like the, when to create content, when to work with clients, when to, um, do the, the busy work, when to network, are there any other kind of hacks, if you will, as far as things that we can shift and adjust in maybe just how we look at our schedule and our tasks when it comes to aligning with our cycle? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First of all, we need to release the expectation that our days are going to look the same. Our capacities are going to be the same. So once you release that, once we say, okay, it's all right. Uh, some days that's not getting done and that's going to be okay because this is going to get done. These are my priorities this week, right? It doesn't all have to be important at the same time. Right. We, that idea of like juggling balls and some of them are plastic and some of them are glass. Like, right. I hate that because why can't we set down the balls? Right. Why Why do they have to be in motion? Why are we juggling? Right. I'm not a juggler. Right. But I can set everything down, pick one thing up at a time, maybe two or three things at a time, but I can't care about everything all day, every day. So what I can do is, is focus on like, what are my priorities? Um, so say I, I have a speaking event during the end of my luteal phase. I've done this before, right? You got to go be charismatic, not in the mood, but this is a really great event. It's great for business. I really want to do it. And a lot of my favorite people are going to be there. So I am going to make this a priority. Great. You're human. I love that. What we want to do then is match the self-care. So this is not an aligned event, right? That's fine. How much is it going to drain me? Mm. Okay. And how can I take care of myself before and after this big event so that I don't feel totally wiped out from it, right? So maybe I say no to drinks with friends the night before. 
because I need to get good rest. Uh, maybe I block off my calendar uh, the next day. Maybe we decide not to go see my family that weekend. Whatever it is to support me, maybe it's I'm going to go get a treat on my way there. I'm going to get my favorite coffee on the way there and I'm going to enjoy that and I'm going to not have the radio on. I need some quiet time to myself. And yes, the event is over at five, but I'm going to give myself a little extra time and not tell, you know, I'm not going to set the expectation that I'll be home right after. Those kinds of things, that is supporting yourself. That's advocating for yourself. That's helping you to, maybe the event doesn't align, but the approach aligns with that phase mm. of your cycle. When you're ovulating, you don't need to do any of the, those things to take care of yourself. You're great. You're excited. This is aligned. It's perfect. Let's go. But when it's not aligned, we have to make it align in a, in a different way. Um, and for instance, right now I'm finishing up an online course that's launching that's launching next week. <laughs> um, and I'm follicular. So I'm at my desk a lot more than I would like to be. Um, this is not aligned. What, what I can align though, is my food, um, what I'm drinking. So I'm not going to over caffeinate. That's not going to help me sit still and stay at this computer, even though I love a treat and I'm motivated by treats, a very tall, a very large latte is not going to support me. What will mm -hmm. is using my walking pad and taking a break, taking the dog for a walk, um, drinking water, um, those sorts of things. Um, working later in the day at my computer, I can sit still a little better if I move a bunch in the morning. Um, so just try to look at it, like how can I make this as follicular of a task as possible? or as or as menstrual. So during your bleed, maybe you do have a bunch of editing you have to get done. Great. Can you do it from bed? Can you do it curled up on the couch? Can you bring in a cozy blanket and your heating pad and listen to Enya and... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I, I love how you said, make sure that you're advocating for yourself. Yeah. Um, because you're right, life happens. And as much as we would love all the events and all the things to line up, that's just not how it works. Opportunities don't always happen that way. We can absolutely suck it up and do the thing because we're women and that's what we do. Yeah. But your language of supporting yourself through that. So if it's a time when you need extra support built in so that you can recover or prepare or whatever, um, that's such a beautiful way of going back to what you said in the very, very beginning, seeing yourself yes. and taking care of her, mm -hmm. you know, instead of just saying, well, it is what it is. And I signed up for this and I got to power through mm letting your needs be seen. I love that so much. I think too, what we forget is you are not in this alone. Even if you are a solo entrepreneur, you are not in this alone. Can you have a friend come with you to serve as a buffer because you're not in the mood for small talk? Can you, can your husband take over? Like, yeah, the dishes have to be done every day, but by whom? Yeah. Bedtime has to be done every day, but by whom? Right. Can a friend come over and help you out? Somebody's ovulating and ready to help. Right. Right. And even like 
finding out if you have an assistant, a VA, a, an editor, whatever, who supports you, some sort of support staff, find out where they're at in their cycle. Where do you, are you guys lined up in the same? Great, then you can break at the same time. Are you guys on opposite schedules? Perfect. She can take care of the things that you can't. Yeah, I love that. Um, I love that so much. So I have, I'm, I'm just loving where this is going. I, I already am like mind blown. I can't wait for people to hear all this. Um, I do want to ask, so you are someone who works in this capacity. You're a healer, you're a coach. Um, you teach women about this all the time. So let's pretend I am a new client and I walk into your office or on a zoom call for the first time and I'm overwhelmed and I'm exhausted and I'm not thriving in this feminine energy entrepreneur space. Where, where are we starting? What is the starting point? So it always comes down to self-worth, self-worth and safety are the two biggest starting points for me. So do you feel worthy of what it will take to make some changes in your life? Because it will take some changes. If you are burnt out and exhausted and overwhelmed by your life, it's not you. It's your life, right? And we need to be aware of that. And we need to acknowledge that, like, yes, you did sign up for these things, but you didn't make a lifelong commitment to all of them at the same time, right? So how can we put some of those balls down? And do you feel worthy of that? Do you feel safe if I say that? Or do you feel like everything will burn to the ground if you don't keep juggling these balls? Because the reality is you could burn it all down and it would be fine. You would be fine. You would be safe. We don't have to burn it all down. But maybe we do have to make some radical changes. And maybe you are canceling your next two weeks of work and rescheduling. And maybe you are um, taking a break from doing bedtime. Right. And maybe, you know, whatever it is, whatever is truly the most over overwhelming piece, we'll get to the root of that. And then figuring out why you feel like you have to do it that way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I... So personally, um, I have a, a story about kind of getting to a breaking point and my husband and I, we had to go through the discussion of what all are we willing to do to get me back to baseline? And we were willing to do anything. And that really did look like basically putting everything on hold for a long time and clients got put on hold. My responsibilities in our household got put on hold basically my full-time job became, it sounds bougie, but like every amount of self-care possible yeah. therapy, massage, acupuncture, saunas, yoga. I mean, you name it. And it was like, how much can Sabrina take care of herself? Yes. Right. And we were willing to do the work and it was really, really hard, but that was five years ago. And so I can tell you now that like, number one, just like you said, you can put it all down and it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. It's going to be fine. People step in and help pick up the things that need to be picked up and the things that don't need to be picked up, just get left down and that's fine, you know? And then you're able to, like you said, do the work to slowly pick the things back up that are worthy of being picked up again. And, you know, there's boundaries put in place and systems put in place to support you. And it just looks 
very different, but it is a really hard, scary discussion at first when you're the one that's used to carrying and running everything yourself. I also, I'm the type of person that won't put it down. You cannot, make mm-hmm. there is no way in hell. I love all of these things. I will not be yep. setting them down. Um, and so I've hit the burnout point really hard several times in my life now. And what I have learned is that, yes, I could set it all down. I could also just apply very little energy for a long time. And that felt so much safer to me. So for those of my clients that like it, it they're going to break out in hives before my eyes if I suggest that they, you know, stop doing something, right? Right. Um, okay, then we're going to try as little as possible. How can you just basically have a heartbeat and be there? Because sometimes that's that's enough. That's okay. And I've and the easiest place to do that is home and often we feel too guilty to do that. And so then we work through that, but the reality is most of our husbands are really great guys that are willing yeah. to pick up whatever slack needs to be picked up so that we can feel like ourselves again. And that's that's the role of the fence right back yeah. in the backyard. That's, that's the job They're They got their mower and their weed whacker and wood chipper. They're ready. Yeah. And, and I will say my, my husband, if, if you ever meet him, he's very even keel, nothing like sends him over the edge. Yeah. He's very much just super chill. He's, we are such opposites and we go so well together and he's normally not super emotional. He's just, just even killed, just great. But when this happened, um, seeing him jump into the protector role, you know, and like at the time I couldn't realize it because I couldn't see anything beyond where I was. Um, but looking back, seeing how he stepped into that Mm -hmm. and how he very willingly took on everything and was in the fixer mode, but that, but like you said, that's the job of the fence. And like, instead of me saying, again, I'll handle this myself. I'll take care of it myself. I'm not going to open up. I'm not going to let anybody see it. Letting him do that Mm -hmm. job. Yes. You know? Yeah. Just about kill you. But once, once you see it play through and it works out and he still loves you afterwards. Oh yeah. The safety and the trust that comes from that. Oh yeah. And then realizing that it wasn't that you didn't trust him. It's that you didn't trust you. Right. Ugh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So thinking about this audience again, mothers, entrepreneurs, a lot of photographers, one last chat discussion question for you. If there was one takeaway, if there was one thing that you could encourage this woman with today, one thing she can start doing, or even a thought that she can have that can kind of change how she's seeing herself, how she's holding her energy. Mm -hmm. What would you leave her with? So I, I would say this stress management is a hustle culture way for you to feel like you're failing at another thing. Stop trying to manage your stress. I want you to eliminate it. Something stresses Mm. you out. Is it necessary? No. Okay. Set it down. You can pick it back up later. I think we think everything is about to fall through the floor at any minute and we'll never be able to get it back. 
you can right. pick that up later. I I am horrible at this in my work too, because I will, you know, have an idea in the shower and I've got to launch it next week. Like right. the, just the, oh, I just want it out there. It will be something. Yeah. No. Can you save it for later? Yep. Yes, you can. So we're not going to add stress. I got, uh, we're in the middle of expanding. We've got, um, we've got construction everywhere and ceiling tiles filling one of our bathrooms <laughs> and like, yeah, it's, it's a nightmare over there. Right. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of launching stuff. It's October. So it's speaking event season, like everything is happening all at once. Right. And you know what I wanted to do this weekend before my son's birthday party? <laughs> I wanted to paint my kitchen cabinets. Of course. What I was going to do this weekend. (laughs) Of course. And my husband and I were talking about it. We were in the car and he was like, so how do you want to go about that? Because he's game for anything. And like the more we talked about it, the more I was like, this is dumb. I could do this any other time. I was going to do it this spring. I didn't get to it. It's clearly not a priority. Why do I think I need to do it just because I'm stressed? So stress management is hustle culture. Just be intentional about things that are stressful, adding to your stress level. If you can't fit in enough self-care to combat the amount of stress you're in, there's not enough time in the day for the amount of self-care you would need to accomplish that task. You don't need to do that task. Yeah. That's the same thing that I teach my students. I'm like, if you cannot look at your calendar and find white space every week, then you're doing too much and you need to cut out enough so that you can put it in because you're not balancing out. Right. You're just headed, you're headed straight for a pit, you know? Yep. I love that. Okay. So I like to end my little interviews, uh, with my friends, with just a couple of fun questions, just personality stuff. Uh, this has been such a fun chat, but I'm curious, what is your favorite coffee shop order these days? I like, so at our local coffee shop in Sioux Falls here, you can order a barista's choice. And I Ooh, fun. every time because I don't want to pick and then they'll make, they love to be creative. And so you get things that aren't on the menu and I don't have to make a decision. Okay. That's amazing. Do you give them any parameters? Um, no mocha. I don't like mocha. Okay. Um, but otherwise, no, go for it. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. I love that. I, I'm really adventurous when I go to the cute local coffee shops, but I will not veer from my standard order at Starbucks. Totally. Isn't that funny? It is. It is. <laughs> like I don't trust all of their stuff, but I do. I wildly trust the baristas in the local coffee shop. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you get to go on your dream vacation, the kids are staying home. Mm-hmm. Where are you going? I have never been to the ocean. So that's on our really? list. Yes. Wow. I have been to Europe twice. I have never been okay. to the ocean. And I've always wanted to go to North Carolina because I loved Nicholas Sparks. Yeah. And that's where they're all set. So that's probably yeah. where I pick. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So you're going to the ocean. Do you have like a first stop? I mean, which one where, no, you don't no, care. We'll see. <laughs> Wherever it gets to be. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it so much. Um, okay. I want you to think back over the course of your business, your business that you're in now, obviously not all the other things yeah. like the beautiful business that you've built. Yeah. Was there a decision or an investment that you made along the way that you felt like was the biggest game changer for you? I think it's brand photography. 
I really do. I, I think that has been, so I have been disappointed a lot by like, um, different programs and things that I've tried to do or different help. Um, I've had, nobody can do it like me, I guess. I don't know. I'm just, that's an ego thing, I suppose. But brand photography consistently inspires me and motivates me. And I use every photo and it like, I don't know. I think it elevates my brand. It makes everything feel put together and in place. It makes me feel beautiful um, and important and like eyes are on me um, for that day. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer. Obviously speaking to a photographer, I mean, I value, I just had new brand photos taken, um, last week and I have, I've had more brand sessions than I care to admit, but I love it. And it's for all the same reasons you said it is empowering. It is elevating. It makes you show up as an expert and an authority. Um, it builds trust and plus it's fun. No matter how scary it seems, you always leave feeling like I am a freaking rock star. This is amazing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So if you were not in the holistic healing, coaching, feminine energy space, what do you think you'd be doing? It's really hard to visualize that, uh, because I yeah. so much. Um, But I originally went to school to be a family and marriage therapist. And I've, I have attempted to go to school for that more than once now. It's just not, it's just not in the cards right now. And it's it's a certification I need, but it's, I, that's kind of what I always thought I would be doing. Mm. Yeah. Um, I can see you in that space. Yeah. Not right now, but maybe down the road, you know, I love that. I really love that. Um, okay. So this was a great chat. Um, just another fun surprise for listeners is that Jada is going to be one of my guest experts for the next run of my route to rise mastermind this spring. And I'm legit so excited to bring on her expertise on this subject to the group. I know that it's going to be a really powerful training and I can't wait for you to be there. Um, the doors for that, my friends are closed currently, but you can get on the wait list for the next cohort. That link will be in the show notes. Jada, this was a great conversation. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your wisdom and your energy. It's been so fun. Oh, thank you for having me, Sabrina. It was a blast. Before you leave today, I have to tell you about the round table. This is a community I built for female photographers who want to continue growing their business while forging industry friendships along the way. If you enjoy my teaching style on the podcast, then I know you will absolutely love the round table in this group. You will learn practical ways to move your business forward while finding community and accountability with like-minded photographers. Every month, you will get access to three pieces of content over a broad variety of topics. In the past, we have covered things like pricing, editing, goal setting, website reviews, social media, and even videos from me behind the scenes at Real Sessions. Members have also had the opportunity to learn from incredible guest speakers and industry leaders on a huge variety of topics. I pride myself in giving you just enough education every month to keep you growing and moving forward while not overwhelming you with content. Oh, and the private Facebook community is absolutely incredible. Consider it your space to ask all the things, get all the support and make real life business besties. If you're ready to join us and take this podcast relationship a bit deeper, you can head over to sabrinagebhardt.com backslash membership and enroll today.